Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another installment of the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is Sunday, August 15th, 2021, in the year of our Lord, and this is episode number 79 of our humble little show. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. Boilerplate time, baby. Let's do it. We're here. The last of the 70s. Man, we're weekly, son. 79 episodes. Man. Aside from the podcast, dude, that represents 79 really quality hangs that we've had. Honestly. Which is the most routine friendship that I've had over the last two, three years at this yeah. point. This is a... Uh... This has definitely grown us as a friend couple. <laughs> Aside from Courtney, I'm probably clocking in time spent. I mean, because um, yeah. think about it. That that represents 79 days where we spent multiple hours in deep conversation together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like just surface level. Like, you know, we get into it sometimes where, I mean, we joke, but, <laughs> but, but we know each other's deepest darkest, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the hour before the show each week. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good to be back uh, weekly with you, yeah, Mr. B-Rad. Uh, I agree. This little weekend stuff is working out. Our listeners are back. We got a lot of engagement from last week. Yeah. Really proud of that episode we put out with Mr. Peter Gust. Absolutely. Um, I didn't get to listen to all. Like, when we go long, I just can't listen to it. I'm too busy. Yeah, right. And what I do is I start listening for 10 minutes, and then I get disgusted with myself, and then I want to turn <laughs> it off. <laughs> I'm like, who do I think who I am? this guy? <laughs> I also just want to listen to like new content, right? but it comes out of my mouth on this show and I don't remember having said it. So yeah. it is kind of like new content to me if I get to listen <laughs> back, but I've been less faithful. Right. I know you haven't been listening at all. Nah. Just put it out and let them listen. Yeah. Well, you know, you hear like these actors whenever uh, they put out a movie, like they never watch. Yep. There's, I feel like a lot of content creators don't really listen back or watch back. I mean, you wouldn't think about Rogan or anybody like that listening every episode mm -hmm. back. But, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, I've listened to most of our shows yeah. all the way through and enjoyed doing it. Mm -hmm. And part of it is like after last week's episode went up to the, the rents place for dinner. And it was funny because I sit down. Uh, well, we should probably get to this in the main <laughs> portion of the show. But uh, my mom had already listened. She, I sat down and she goes. Tickerian Brothers Carson. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, you've already made some headway. And then she was like, Peter was great. And I was like, are you listening yeah. to the whole thing before I came here? And she said, yeah, I wanted to, you know, make the most of the conversation. So I was touched by that. Awesome. Love that. Let's give these tots number 79, Mr. b -Ren. All right, man, let's get it. It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had It could be sports, religion, politics We keeping the tabs You would think they work for Gucci How they deep in they bag Get your facts up On Wednesday we'll be counting the stats up So turn the volume up till it's maxed up You know the drill So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up And chill, we back up This is the weekly catch up Alrighty Number 79, Mr. B-Rad. Let's go back to number 78 last Sunday real quick. So Take me back. I talked about going up to the Wren's place after that episode, and she'd already consumed all of that, which was much appreciated. But we, I, I walked in. Mm -hmm. It was the WGC World Golf Championship that day for the St. Jude Classic in ah. Memphis, Tennessee. And the field was so stacked, and there was a playoff 
that was going on. And I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching TV on the way up there because <laughs> Abraham answer is in the playoff mm -hmm. and he's never won on PGA tour. He's gotten all these top tens. It's been his time to break through and he's on the first playoff hole. So I walk into the house. I'm still watching it. Like I've got the sound on and everything. Their TV's off. They're just waiting. And I'm like, turn on CBS quick. <laughs> and uh, I said, Abraham Answer might win on the PGA Tour, the World Golf Championship today. And so we we ended up watching, I think it was two, three, four playoff holes. Um, they had three or four guys going into the, the first playoff. And then it came down to Answer and Sam Burns, two five-foot putts. Like Abraham stuck it close on this playoff hole. Mm -hmm. And then Sam Burns stuck it a foot closer. Could not believe it. Sam Burns has already won twice on tour this season. And uh, he was just goofing around the whole time, laughing, jaw jacking. Abraham was like focused in. Mm -hmm. So you know that you have to, it's like furthest away from the hole has to go first. first right. So if you're not on the green, you go first before the guy's on the green. Abraham gets up there, sinks this like five foot putt and doesn't even react. He's just stone cold. Mm -hmm. Sam Burns gets up there. He's got, not only a shorter putt, but it's on the direct line. So he had a teach that he could have taken advantage of from Abraham's ball. He misses the putt and Ooh. Abraham wins the WGC. I'm jumping up and down screaming. Man. It was kind of nice to be able to reference that first win as having watched it with somebody else. Cause yeah. typically I'm watching golf solo or <laughs> whatever, but um, they've definitely gotten more into it since. Uh, in fact, I'm standing at my dad right now on the par three. <laughs> feel bad about that, but just got 30 minutes notice, but Abraham answer, dude. Yeah, he was the he was the answer to the question. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped for him. It was high time that he won. And the fact that it was a WGC mm -hmm. um and not just some normal to like the, the Barracuda championship or some yeah. bull crap meant a lot. I like that. So yeah, went up there and uh, had had Sunday dinner at North Italia. Okay. We sat down and um Really, uh, shame on North Italia and the shops at Legacy. They just they sucked, and I want them boycotted. Oh, um, wow. The the waiter, we had a forty five minute wait. They sat us outside, worst table on the patio. I order my stuff, and um, I asked for a side of ranch. They said we don't have it, and I said Dallas does. Dallas North Italia does, mm -hmm. and he's like, uh, yeah, we just we don't have it, and I said. You have a, an executive chef that's an a-hole, don't you? And he said, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he thinks he's really Italian, doesn't he? Like, ranches off limits. And he goes, yeah. I said, is he here? Can we have a word with him? <laughs> he goes, no, he's opening up a new store in Nashville. And I said, that's why service sucks today. Uh, he took half the store. That makes sense. So I asked him how many times he gets that request, and he said multiple times a day, every day. And I said, you should just quit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's grown. Have you been up to the Legacy West here recently? Not in, not in a hot minute. Years, probably. You've been over to my my first apartment there several times, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Back in the Dizay. Yeah. That was back when that portion of Legacy was still new, yeah. like across the street from the pond. Way back. Now Legacy West is like just sprawling. It's so nice up there. Yeah. What happened this week? Do you get kids back Wednesday? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, 
So Monday, it was just a staff day, covered our bases, got our classrooms ready. Tuesday was freshman orientation, where we took all these little punks to a water park um, over at, uh, what is it, the Jolly or Jellystone a little water park there in Burleson, the Yogi Bear Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so took them there. Um, and we also brought our essay, like our student association, and they're the ones that like plan the events. So really, they were just kind of playing with the kids the whole time. And and uh, I was just kind of sitting back and trying not to get a sunburn. <laughs> and um, so that day was actually really easy. But then Wednesday... Did you straw hat it? I did not straw hat it <laughs> on that day. I did wear that last weekend at the pool, though. Nice. Yeah. That's my favorite, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I wear it well. Poncho via Brad over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also think that you're the essay whenever you wear that. <laughs> hey. Gang, gang. Trying to stay young. <laughs> All right. How was Wednesday? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was busy, man. We... On Wednesday, we um, shortened all of our classes so we could see every class in that day. So it was really just me giving my spiel uh, every 30 minutes and, and uh, yeah, just getting them ready for that. And a lot of kids, you know, they're like, oh, we don't have our books yet. And I'm like, okay, you need to order them. You didn't want to order them whenever you first came through. And I told you that you need them. So now you got to start ordering them. I had a bunch of kids come in. Oh, Mr. Colvin, we listened to your podcast. And I'm like, Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. Thought all of you stopped. Um, so yeah, yeah there was freshmen that. or Th- uh, there was like three different kids. One's two were juniors and one was a sophomore. So hmm. how, how we feel about that. It's, you know, it's whatever at this point. Um, can you already tell like who's dumb and stuff like that? <laughs> Carson, none of my students are dumb. Oh, that's but right. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> They're all winners, huh? <laughs> Statistical <Yeah>. anomaly. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, man. Every student that walks into our doors. They're, di- <laughs> they're different. Uh, they're all going to be Fortune 500 executives, huh? Yeah, but if any student uh, shows this podcast to your parent, you're one of the smart ones, all right? <laughs> shows it to their parents well i'm just covering yeah. my, if covering you recruit more listeners uh brad will pass you yeah no i don't want that to happen i'm just saying i'm not calling their kid dumb well it's cool that they uh that they listened yeah i guess um yeah so it was it was just a super busy week i started waking up at 5 45 in the morning every day um should we change our approach like should we focus on the teeny bopper demo and start doing like Honey bunches of votes commercials and Fruit Loops and the new yeah. fruit roll up oh, Nickelodeon man. crazy get get slimed yeah. Power Rangers <laughs> I don't know yeah <laughs> Toy Story five in theaters near you soon oh, my goodness. hey don't don't hate on the Toy Story franchise I'm, I'm not I'm not All I'm right. just saying like we're already clean kind of yeah yeah we're for the kids we're so Wu- dirty hey, for if, being so clean if Wu Tang is for the kids so are we why is Wu Tang for the kids that's like their phrase. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a thing. What, they just go Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang's for the kids, yeah. Oh, I thought they meant it like Chappelle, like Wu-Tang whenever he's doing no, something no. gangster. Wu- the Wu-Tang Clan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm missing kids. this reference. It's okay. I don't know any kids, man. Yeah. I do, I guess. You know, I'm not really, 
I'm not supposed to a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, It'd you're, be kind of weird if you It's your knew job, it. but if I'm hanging yeah. out with a bunch of 15-year-olds. You're like, well, my group of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Uh... I don't know. The 15-year-olds yeah. in my group are saying different, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, so Our yeah, water park day thing. was a lot more fun. Right. No. I don't know any anybody. <laughs> yeah, we must have missed you. You're you my youngest here. friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday was just kind of like yeah, short and class right. schedule, get the syllabi. Yeah, and then Thursday, rolling out the lessons, man. Already yeah. started uh, Beowulf. Oh, oh Beowulf yeah. is a big, mm-hmm. big snooze fest. <laughs> big snooze fest? What are you talking about? Hated Beowulf. Yeah, it's, Disgusting. It's, what gory as three battles one of them's underwater he fights a dragon what more do you want he he wrenches off bro someone's he wrenches off a monster's arm with his bare hands i can't follow all that like i hate being in the labyrinth with that old school language and i'm like which dragon is this and why do i care bro it was written in old english but it's translated into modern i mean make the dragon a siren or something you know like make it relatable (laughs) there's no dragons out here you know (laughs) Make it a beautiful woman. So or this something. is just how you feel about uh, fiction in general. Uh, you know, I don't. I I do watch some fiction. I've I don't read any fiction. Okay. I I only read real things. Mm-hmm. Either it's like anecdotal. You can see the stack, like Die with Zero Principles by Ray Dalio. Before that, it was. Uh, I read John Boehner's book. I read Johnny Carson's book. I I love autobiographies, recollections, reflections. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm not reading fiction. Not worried about what Joe and Biff and the Hardy Boys are up to. What about fictional uh, movies? Fictional movies, yes. How are you feeling about... Okay, so let's talk like uh, big franchises like Star Wars franchises like Star Wars or... uh, Yeah, uh, so Star Wars I've never... Never got into, huh? Never got into. I'm not like super hype about it but i i enjoy them i don't know what happened i don't know who's who i don't i, I watched part of the series mm-hmm. at a a watching party at heston's house one time back in the day okay. um he's probably laughing thinking mm-hmm. about that day okay. keep your mouth shut heston <laughs> but uh, yeah we had a, a watching marathon more to this day yeah yeah um there was a lot more but Heston, you can send me a voice memo and uh, <laughs> we'll have it on next episode. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so not really Star Wars. Uh, what about like Lord of the Rings? Never got into that. I did watch all the Lord of the Rings. I okay. thought that they were fascinating. Yeah. It, it's one of those. Uh, I don't like it when you are a little hobbit going to Mordor for two and a half hours and I'm just like uneasy, yeah. you know, like when all those dragons are out there and golems running around mm-hmm. being creepy, you know. I'm like, is there a nice? I liked it when they were in that troll land and all the flowing <laughs> gardens. And I'm like, why'd you leave? You're the tallest guys there. Like, yeah. you could have cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that part where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, right. it's like, hey, look at that menacing mountain over floating there. gardens. And they're like, hey guys, you want to bail from here and go find the ring? And this, yeah. <laughs> what what I never understood was. Towards the end, they just like got on this bird's back and it flew them to the mountain. I'm like, why didn't you do that in the beginning? Yeah, man. Why don't you just fly there from the start? You had to walk <laughs> who knows how many miles. Silly hobbits. <laughs> anyway, so J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of the Lord of the Rings books, he was inspired uh, by Beowulf. So there you go. J.R. Is that a guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm thinking about um, who am I thinking about? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. She got into something recently, right? She's yeah. She's, Did she get canceled or something? They're trying to. Why? What happened? Um, something about uh, turfs and um, and uh, she's not a huge fan of the uh, you know, like the LGBT community. She's not a huge fan of the T's. So, oh, yeah. Okay, J.K. Rowling writes about her reasons for speaking out on sex and gender issues, June 10, 2020. Um, uh, this is too long to read, but this is an actual blog post from her. Can I read the first two paragraphs? I would, yeah, go for it. Okay, this, this is by J.K. Rowling on June 10 of last year. This isn't an easy piece to write. For reasons that will shortly become clear, but I know it's time to explain myself yeah, let, on an issue. But like the the page is super long. It seemed like it was a little easy for her to write. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, she's a writer. <laughs> but <laughs> this I, is your profession. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> she's better at getting the <laughs> hobbits to wait. Which one is this? J.K. Rowling. This is Harry she's Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, but I know it's time to explain myself on an issue surrounded by toxicity. I write this without any desire to add to that toxicity. For people who don't know, last December, I tweeted my support for Maya Forstater, a tax specialist who'd lost her job for what were deemed transphobic tweets. She took her case to an employment tribunal, asking the judge to rule on whether a philosophical belief that sex is determined by biology is protected in law. Judge Taylor ruled that it wasn't. My interest in trans issues predated Maya's case by almost two years, during which I followed the debate about the concept of gender identity closely. I've met trans people and read sundry books, blogs, and articles by trans people, gender specialists, intersex people, psychologists, safeguarding experts, social workers and doctors, and followed the discourse online and in traditional media. On one level, my interest in this issue has been professional because I'm writing a crime series set in the present day, and my fictional female detective is of an age to be interested in and affected by these issues herself. But on another, it's intensely personal, as I'm about to explain. Okay, mm. I got to keep going. Okay. All the time I've been researching and learning, accusations and threats from trans activists have been bubbling in my Twitter timeline. This was initially triggered by a like. When I started taking an interest in gender identity and transgender matters, I began screenshotting comments that interested me as a way of reminding myself what I might want to research later. On one occasion, I absentmindedly liked instead of screenshotting. That single like was deemed evidence of wrong think and a persistent low level of harassment began. We talked about not going through our likes on Twitter a week ago. Yeah. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Even a like can get you in trouble. Crazy. Dude. I was on Instagram stories the other day, just flipping through. You know, you mm -hmm. do your rapid. Yeah, yeah. Did you ac accidentally press? Accidentally voted on a poll yeah. that I went back and I was like, oh, well, that wasn't my answer. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't. Thankfully, it was yeah. just like some meme account. Not like, like, did you think the Holocaust was a good idea? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, it's more likely to be like hot or not. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just ruin their day. Just ruin it. Don't like your also, outfit at the beginning. Whenever she's like, "Oh, I don't really want to get," it. it's like, it's like saying like, "No offense, but," and then you're about to like completely offend someone. That's yeah. kind of the vibes that I'm getting from her. 
Well, months later, I compounded my accidental light crime <laughs> by following Magdalene Burns on Twitter. Magdalene was an immensely brave young feminist and lesbian who was dying of an, of an aggressive brain tumor. I followed her because I wanted to contact her directly, which I succeeded in doing. However, as Magdalene was a great believer in the importance of biological sex and didn't believe lesbians should be called bigots for not dating trans women with penises, dots were joined in the heads of Twitter trans activists, and the level of social media abuse increased. That's the best part. I love it when women get in trouble for being like, whatever. Bet you didn't expect to hear those words whenever you listen to the theme song today, <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um that's so crazy i mentioned yeah. all of this but only she's like oh you're still okay Keep going. before before you read more like she's doubled down like she doubled she doubles triples quadruples down often on twitter like jk rowling yes okay J just so we're clear so like i know she's kind of writing this thing right now but I mean, just go through her Twitter feed and you can see her arguing like every day with randoms. Interesting. I didn't realize that she was a troll like that, but um, okay. I mentioned all this only to explain that I knew perfectly well what was going to happen when I supported Maya. I must have been on my fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth cancellation by then. I expected the threats of violence to be told I was literally killing trans people with my hate to be called uh a word and a word, of course, um, I'm going to have to edit some of this mm -hmm. so that your students don't get all butt hurt. Um, what I didn't expect in the aftermath of my cancellation was the avalanche of emails and letters that came showering down upon me, the overwhelming majority of which were positive, grateful, and supportive. They came from a cross-section of kind, empathetic, and intelligent people, some of them working in fields dealing with gender dysphoria and trans people who are all deeply concerned about the way a socio-political concept is influencing politics, medical practice, and safeguarding. They're worried about the dangers to young people, gay people, and about the erosion of women's and girls' rights. Above all, they're worried about a climate of fear that serves nobody, least of all trans youth, well. Oh, you, I want to keep going, man. I'm sorry. Because she's about to get into bring turf. It, bring it. And this is Listen. I'm looking at my notes and I have Dave and baseball. So we, I'm glad, I'm glad we've stumbled onto something here. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. Let's get back into the drama. Um, this is actually educational for me because sometimes when you go down this, um, and let me think about my words carefully here. Sometimes when you go down this rabbit hole of like trans people and trans rights and stuff, mm -hmm. I'll be honest that I have a little bit of a hard when it comes to trans people dating. I'm like, wait, wait, wait who's dating who? Like, mm -hmm. what did this start as, and what is it now? Like, and what do I refer to you as? Because she's about to get into the fact that biological women that are lesbians and not into men don't view trans women as yes. women because a trans woman is a man that became a woman, right? right? Okay. Um, but they're like, we want, if you were bio biologically born a woman, that that's what they're looking for. We really uh, should talk to some trans people for this show. I'm serious about that. Yeah. Um, I've done, I have many gay friends mm -hmm. and friends of different persuasions that I've asked deep, intimate, personal questions of, and it's created stronger relationships and a better identification and understanding from me. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm like the most problem demo, right? As yeah. a white male, but okay. Back to JK Rowling. I'd stepped back from Twitter for many months, both before and after tweeting support for Maya, because I do, I knew it was going to do nothing good for my mental health. I only returned because I wanted to share a free children's book during the pandemic. So, it, so she like tweeted that out knowing that it would make people upset. And then, and then she just like logs out and is like, peace. Right. Or no. Uh, I don't know. I don't follow her on Twitter. I'm just reading this blog. Got I'm just it. taking her at her word. Um, immediately, but yeah, I mean, set off a bomb and walked right. away. <laughs> I'm like, are you're not really doing any good? Like, I don't know. Well, let's. I feel like she's not even helping the person that she's trying to support. Well, I, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Is she straight? Is J.K. Rowling married or with uh, a man? As far as I know, she's she's uh, straight. Okay. Has, has kids. And, Okay. Yeah. Immediately, her name is Karen then. It's <laughs> Jay Karen Rowling. Mm. Immediately, activists who clearly believe themselves to be good, kind, and progressive people swarm back into my timeline, assuming a right to police my speech, accuse me of hatred, call me misogynistic slurs, and above all, as every woman involved in this debate will know, TERF. If you didn't already know, and why should you, TERF is an acronym coined by trans activists, which stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. In practice, a huge and diverse cross-section of women are currently being called TERFs and the vast majority have never been radical feminists. Examples of so-called TERFs range from the mother of a gay child who is afraid their child wanted to transition to escape homophobic bullying to a hitherto totally unfeminist older lady who's vowed never to visit Marks and Spencer again because they're allowing any man who says they identify as a woman into the women's changing rooms. Ironically, radical feminists aren't even trans-exclusionary. They include trans men in their feminism because they were born women. Okay, so a trans man is originally a woman, and a trans woman is originally a man. Okay, so we were right on that. But accusations of turfery have been sufficient to intimidate many people, institutions, and organizations I once admired who are cowering before the tactics of the playground. They call us transphobic. They'll say, I hate trans people. What's next? They, they'll say, you've got fleas? Speaking as a biological woman, a lot of people in positions of power really need to grow a pair, which is doubtless literally possible, according to the kind of people who argue that clownfish provide, prove humans aren't a dysmorphic, dimorphic species. She's, now she's getting in the Trump and like, what's your point here, woman? Do you not have $80 billion? Go away. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if I had that much money, I'd probably just like stay quiet, you know, not tweet. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, probably be vacationing somewhere and off social media. Yeah, probably be view only. Yeah. I don't know. My last tweet would be like, yeah, I made it. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she's uh, dismayed with being. Well, what was the children's book about? Is this press for the children's book? So she did have a children's book in which she like tweeted out and Instagrammed out like, Hey kids, I want you to draw, like, I want you to read the story and, and create your own drawings. And then she like picked drawings from all of those kids to be in the actual print book. So it was kind of like a contest type of thing. Um, but I, I honestly don't remember the content of the, of the story. I don't, Sounds like a great way to get out of pain for an illustrator. <laughs> way to crowdsource it, JK. Yeah. yeah, she probably couldn't get one uh, after being canceled. You know, 
I think it's uh, I'm I'm not willing to um, assert an opinion at this exact moment, but mm-hmm. just on the idea of like turfs and you know real real minorities, I guess you would say, like if you're African American or Hispanic American or gay or a woman or something like that, um, we regard them as minorities, quote unquote. Right, and it seems it, it seems interesting that white men that have the luxury of transitioning into mm-hmm. um, women, you know, it, do you see where I'm going with this? Like the actual minority of like women mm-hmm. feel encroached upon or like they're being labeled as bigots when they don't want to date those people. Like, meanwhile, are you a bigot if you don't want to date a trans woman? Um, that, that I guess that's up for the world to decide, but. If I am, I am. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe know? maybe this is too touchy of a a situation to get into to get into. But you know, if well, we it's do, it's just like why is everybody concerned with whatever whoever anyone else wants to date? Well, and are you allowed to have preference? You know, like there are many people that wouldn't want to date a trans woman or man, but there's also many people that wouldn't want to date. A man less than six feet tall, or less than six feet tall, less than six uh, figures, a, a certain <laughs> job. Uh, yeah, there there are some people that don't want to date outside of their race, and like that doesn't, and that doesn't always equal racism. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they're saying that that's technically racism. But or... there's things that you have like, there's things that you have to consider whenever you're dating. Like, I don't know. I I've had, I I've talked with you know both. I've, I've talked with many different, you know, skin colors and everything. And they, and they talk about, you know, they may have love for each other, but the dynamics of like the families and everything. And that's something that you have to look out for uh, with your partner whenever you're dating. And so it's just like, well, I know even though I want to be with this person, I know what my family would do and I, I can't give up my family. So I'm going to date with inside my race too. And, I, and that is a problem within itself, but I don't think that makes the per that one person raises. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you're, that's my thoughts on it. You're referring know. to people kowtowing to the pressures of their traditional right. family, um, in kind of like a how should we then live best practice fashion? Because you know, is it wrong to date outside of your race or date a trans woman or man? Absolutely not. Like, do whatever you want. Um, I think the argument that you're making is like there you can choose a route of persecution or you can like try to massage that road a little bit. Um, I think that if you have a terribly backwards bigoted family, you're going to have to like decide the level of involvement. Yeah. And hopefully you end up choosing your own happiness. But I'm, I, my point is just bringing up that, that type of situation does happen. Yeah. I mean, all of these situations happen. I'm, I'm serious. If we, um, I've got to think that like our, the trans demo of our audience is um, lacking, but I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, I would love, because I just don't know that I've actually had this deep conversation with a trans person ever. I for sure have not. And that's, that's like my, um, that's what's left over. You know, like I have lesbian friends, I have gay friends. I've got, um, I'm sure non-binary is now, I was hearing some stuff this week about non-binary because Demi Lovato had come mm-hmm. out as non-binary and um, 
somebody was saying, I think it was uh, Andrew Schultz's sidekick, Mark, Mark Gagnon on Flagrant 2. Andrew Schultz had gone on Joe Rogan this week, which amazing. Really? Oh, I love Andrew Schultz. So whenever he gets together with Joe, it was on his birthday, Joe's okay. birthday. Um, it was a great podcast, but they were talking about it, how in some ways it's like the easiest way to brand yourself as different and or like a victim type. Like this is what makes mm -hmm. me different. This is what puts me in a category that you can't lock me in with everybody else. Yeah, It's like, oh, I'm non-binary. I'm now they, them. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't change anything. You know, I maybe she still likes guys. Maybe she always liked guys and girls or neither or whatever. You just change a, a quick label that doesn't actually mean anything. Like, I guess it means something, but they were just making the point that it was a really easy way to lop yourself in with a minority demographic yeah. that it's kind of like, okay, yeah, what, what changed? There are definitely people who could like try taking advantage of, of all that. It's not like she came out and said, I'm in a relationship with a man or I'm in a relationship with a woman or any, she didn't take any stand other than to say, this is like my designation. I don't know. I'm like, uh, Demi, your designation is in recovery. <laughs> like she just, I don't know what's, what's up with her. I think I watched her on, have you watched this Paris Hilton cooking show? No. Okay. I didn't know there was one on Netflix cooking with Paris. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So she's like at the grocery store in stilettos and some $18,000 mm -hmm. dress getting supplies and materials. And now is, is she doing like her Paris Hilton persona? And it's because, you know, she actually is like an, an, an intellectual, like she's a smart person. Definitely not sure that intellectual is the right word per se. I don't think she's sitting there pondering it for the sake of pondering it. Like, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> okay. She's absolutely a smart, hustling businesswoman. Yeah. She is um, that you asked about the persona. I don't know if. There is a persona that's different than her. I think she's kind of no. Okay, so back whenever they had that show, uh, The Simple Life, mm -hmm. with her and Nicole Richie, mm -hmm. like she was, she was definitely dumbing it down. Like you can watch interviews and everything, and she's not like that ditzy. I'm not saying she's a rocket scientist or anything like that. I'm just saying she definitely played into that stereotype and made a lot of money doing it. Yeah, she's an heiress. She comes from significant money. She took a strange path to some of this, but she's definitely followed her um, followed her passions. I mean, she DJed all over the world for several mm -hmm. years, like paid performances, paid appearances. She's got product lines, you know, reality show franchises. Like she's living my dream. You can hate on her all you want but she also was the first you know she birthed kim kardashian kim kardashian oh, was yeah. redoing paris's closet back in the day and so now kim is showing up to paris's house for cooking with paris mm. that's the thing she so they do a different theme every week and they'll decorate the house for like the after meal that they're actually going to eat and enjoy together so like kim k came over and they made like cinnamon toast crunch toast together or whatever and then Saweetie came over and they made like margaritas and Mexican food. And mm -hmm. I didn't know about Saweetie, by the way. You know, she went to USC. I did not know that. Yeah. Like she, first of all, Saweetie's another one. Like you think, okay, she basically ripped off and covered like a Petey Pablo track, mm -hmm. you know, 
that's my type or whatever. Yeah. Dude, McDonald's is offering the Saweetie meal. Which how's she getting this kind of like co-op? Beat too. Like it's not it's not a good meal. Man, you get a Big Mac and nuggets? <laughs> I don't know. Saweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's good. Nah. Dude, I my bag says the Saweetie meal. When you get co-op advertising and co-branding oh, dollars I mean, with McDonald's? Yeah, she's getting she's getting some money from that deal. Like I don't blame her, but I think Yeah, I'm not going to order this meal. So yeah, Paris Paris is still in Paris mode for cooking with Paris. Mm-hmm. Um it took her and Kim about 5 minutes to figure out what a set of tongs were, what they looked like, what they were called and how to use them. Um mm-hmm. plus, you know, they're there in like their Sweetie had 6-inch nails that she's like cutting up peppers and all this stuff with them like somebody's gonna slice their thumb open but it is kind of a fascinating show okay paris is gonna get more royalties she's in this beautiful home Mm -hmm. um i think she's really chill i don't know if she's just like consistently high or Mm -hmm. what is that you know Uh, what is she on she's a big pothead or i don't i've listened to her music i know nothing about her outside of that i like that first single that she put out in the day yeah Uh, stars are blind Mm mm-hmm yeah, she's good. I'm a fan. Yeah, I was a fan of the video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Do you think she's hot? Uh, uh yeah, she's, she's I do. pretty. Yeah, I do. She's uh, she looks good because you know she's forty. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like she's forty years old. Okay. Kim's got to be. She's up. She's getting up there. She she looked so thin. Let's see, does she? Oh yeah, like she, um, you could fit your hands around her waist. Let's see, Kim Kardashian. She is. Oh. She's, oh, she's forty. Yep. Yep. Good yeah. For them. It's crazy when like the. Uh, isn't it just weird that like the people that were making sex tapes and coming to fame and partying when we were like of age are forty now and just on <laughs> cooking shows yeah. they've got like fifteen kids. They're yeah. divorced a couple times over. Okay. Paris, has she ever been married? Mm, who, who who did she date back in the day? One of the... Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was like one... Doug, somebody. Like rock star type of guy. There was a, a baseball player, I thought, or something. Doug, somebody that she was with for quite a while. Yeah. I think, I think Paris would be interesting to be with. And I, I think that she's very physically fit somehow. I don't know if this is just like a really regimented training session with with like a personal trainer or mm-hmm. what the deal is yeah it could just be the money we got to talk though about the fact that kim was able to take that personal closet flipping like personal assistant role and a little home video camera with ray j and mm-hmm. turn all that into billions of dollars like the keeping up with the Kardashians was the lost leader, like lead gen source for, you know, the multiple billionaires in that family now. Yeah. Cause Kylie's a, a billionaire. Kendall's like the most paid model on earth. Mm-hmm. Chris is probably the most paid agent on earth. Chloe and Courtney and Kim all have product. I mean, the cumulative net worth of the family has got to be in excess of like probably five or $10 billion at this point. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, Paris dated Nick Carter back in the day. She also dated uh, Benji Madden from Good Charlotte. That's who uh, I was thinking of. He's the twin or whatever. He, he's a twin? Benji and Joe or something. 
Oh, Joel. Yeah. Joel. Okay. I didn't. I never knew that. Yeah, were they fraternal? I, or I guess I just thought that they were brothers. I didn't know that they were twins. Thought they were brothers that just look similar. They look identical. <laughs> 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 you guys must be brothers. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, what was the good Charlotte song that blew up? Um, um, the lifestyles are rich and famous. Then yeah. There's uh, um, oh the everybody. Yeah, I love that one. But then there's there, oh, uh, boys don't like girls, boys like cars, cars and money. money. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that takes me back. Mm-hmm. There's so much life behind us, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> the woman that wrote the trilogy, or how many Harry Potters Seven. were there? The woman who wrote that is now retroactively being canceled for turf. Like, where have we come? I don't know, bro. But anyway, back to Beowulf. <laughs> is that what got us on? <laughs> Do we literally hit like the trans movement, Paris Hilton, Kim yeah. K's rise to fame from Beowulf? I'm saying it. Beowulf spawned everything that came after it. Did you like the movie? No. I don't remember if I saw it or not. Yeah, wasn't a fan. I just remember the graphic language tried... in Beowulf with all the bones being crushed yes. and stuff. Like I'm like, oh, so this it kind of like slog. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to read about. I don't like a disaster movie. Okay. So like the vacation movie where everything goes wrong, mm-hmm. not a great use of my two hours. Got it. Why would I want to read about? Just there's nothing pleasurable about Beowulf. I disagree. Nobody ever has a martini on a beach with a beautiful woman. Just like the, nothing good happens. Just the history behind it, first of all, of having been written somewhere between like 500 to 700 AD, being one of the oldest stories. And it's uh, use of like the hero, uh, ca- uh, you know, the hero type. It's like the oldest story that we have from it and how a bunch of stories after that uh you know took took ideas from beowulf um are you telling me that it's like one of the oldest documented original compositions in the world yeah and it started out as like an oral tradition like where it was passed down uh by you know word of mouth stories and then uh it was written down between 500 to 700 <laughs> i like how it transitions from y'all ain't gonna believe this to yeah, yeah. <laughs> four score and yeah <laughs> but then it also has examples of like uh like chivalry back then and code of honor and so you teach that and then it also has a form of like christianity in it uh so you can kind of see and and the the story beowulf like the kings that it introduces and everything they were real people so it was grounded in historical relevancy um but then it also had dragons and underwater lairs so i don't know what more you want man so that's just like fantasy or, or what's happening there? Well, like I said, I mean, it, it's fiction and then it also has. It's analogous with something. Sure. Okay. Moving get... on. Yeah. My week was good. It was busy. Um, caught up on sleep this weekend. I went to the baseball game yesterday, the Rangers game where they got. Oh, you did? Yeah. They got thrashed. Bro. I didn't know that. Embarrassing. Well, their entire season and organization as a whole is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I keep trying to get into it, but 
Every well, why would you? Yeah. You know, back in 2010, 2011, when they went to the World Series uh, multiple times and decided to go ahead and not win it, you lost me. Like, win the thing. I appreciated that back in the day. It was a pivotal moment in my life. I was 20 years old. Yeah. And I'll never forget, there's a great picture of me just bawling my eyes out at Heston's <laughs> house when they clinched the ALCS to go yeah. to the World Series. I'm just, I bawled for about 40 consecutive minutes. And, you know, then we lost and who cares? Yeah, he and hasn't cried since, guys. I haven't <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Never about the Rangers. Yeah. I was like, fool me once. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, it was still cool, though. Um, I went with Gerald and uh, Courtney's brothers and cousin. So that was, that was kind of fun. That was the first time, like, I've hung out with uh, my future brother-in-laws with, you know, my best buddy. And um, yeah, Are they over at Swahoo? Okay. They'll be sophomores this year. Sophomores. What are they majoring in? Business. Are they twins? Mm-hmm. They are? Mm-hmm. She she has twins that run in her family? Yeah. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I guess. Might have hit the ch- Don't you want twins? I, yeah, I wouldn't mind them. That'd be the best way to do that. Yeah. Fraternal boy and girl all at once be done. Mm-hmm. Of course, you won't be. <laughs> You'll be like, well, this is two of the starting nine I need for my baseball team. <laughs> no, man, I will have as many as I can afford and still <laughs> and still live comfortably. So, like, you're like, I'll, so I'll, I I'll take the, like half of one. I owe the IRS yeah. half a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. They love you too, right? They're, yeah, we're tight. You taught we're them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I student taught them, and then their senior year of high school, I was their teacher full time. Are they identical? Yeah. Okay. How do you tell them apart? You can, I mean, once you're around them long enough, you can, you can tell. You just put like a gold star on one's forehead <laughs> at the beginning of the day. Nah. <laughs> no, I mean, you like their mannerisms. They talk like, they talk a little different. Yeah, I don't know. I've noticed that because I teach several twins. Like there are several twi- pairs of twins at CTA, and like you just get to know them. You can you can tell them apart after a while. How funny would that be if like one just talked all normal, like, hi, Brad. And the other one was like, what's up, fam? <laughs> How you living? <laughs> and you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> How many sets of twins are there at CTA? Um, so some just graduated. There's like, there's like four. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. What what's the student population number this year? Oh, we're so we're up in numbers again. We have I think one sixty four this year, and eight of those are twins. Yeah, that's a pretty decent percentage. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I thought so too. Okay, seems like they. If I was a twin, I would be taking advantage of that. You know, like tap mm-hmm. in, buddy. You know, <laughs> like switching off or classes or tests or dates or whatever (laughs) how do you switch off whenever both of you need to turn in a test yeah i mean it's not always going to be foolproof you know (laughs) one is probably doing uh what is it it's uh, like all right i i can either get 100 percent or we can both get 50 (laughs) (laughs) you get a 50 for writing your name (laughs) well that's awesome that was uh yesterday yeah who did we play uh the i don't even just got trashed um our record was like 39 and 72 the last time i checked yeah it's it's not good and i we played the athletics that's who it was cool (laughs) in our division yeah we're 41 and 76 
Yeah, I appreciate them going ahead and building a beautiful stadium with a roof so that we can enjoy nice concerts out you know, there since it did, baseball doesn't really happen. It felt great uh, losing in air conditioning. Yeah. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I'll go they, now. They have a Pluckers in there. I got wings yesterday. Man, they have golden chicken there. You yeah. messed up. No, Pluckers all day, fam. No. Yeah. Golden chicken. Have you ever had golden chick with that I've Zang sauce? Chick. Yeah. That Zang and their rolls. And they have raspberry lemonade. Okay. Big fan of golden chick. I, clearly. I didn't realize that they were making such a play as a, like a franchise. Yeah. They have but those they, uh, boomstick hot dogs now. Have you seen them things? Yeah, they're huge, right? Yeah, they're crazy. They're too big. Yeah. Could you eat one by yourself? No, absolutely not. I don't even know if I could eat half. Like, that thing's huge. Did you uh, get to see where Chuck Morgan has his, like, announcer bay behind home plate? If you're walking around, mm. like... One... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get to go in there before mm. the game? I did not. It's It was really cool. Yeah. I think that it's definitely worth it to go out there and see the stadium and, like, the media is more accessible. And mm-hmm. it's definitely, like, a fun environment. You can wear jeans and nice shoes and not be all sweaty as you watch uh, the dead last team in the american league or at least the al west or whatever Mm -hmm. we're in um it's disgusting yeah if you don't want to win just like whatever i i've been so frustrated with the rangers and i know my mom is frustrated with me on that because she raised me better than this but you know i went to 15 16 consecutive home openers as a kid we lost every (laughs) single dadgum one of them (laughs) and then i go to college we start thinking hey let's win we got this crackhead manager, Ron Washington, and bring the crack back is all I'm saying. Yeah. Because that's when we were winning. Absolutely. Give it to I, the players. We did get to see uh, Adrian Beltre inducted into the Hall of Fame yesterday. Oh, so, so totally that, worth it. Goodness. Yeah, so that was awesome. Did they retire his number? Uh, I don't remember. Well, into the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. Ass- I feel yeah, like I'm they would have. they do, right? Because that's a super exclusive crew. Mm-hmm. The numbers that are retired are like number 42 for Jackie Robinson everywhere. And then I know they have Johnny Oates, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Didn't he die of like a brain tumor or something? I I do not know much baseball history. He was number 26. Um, I think they might have retired uh, Pudge. Okay. Number seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Is 34 retired for Nolan Ryan? It's got to be, right? Let's just go ahead and yeah. give it a goog. The old Google. Um, but yeah, stadium is nice. It took forever to get out of the parking lot. Uh, we parked at like this random place across the street and um, took us about an hour to get out. Kind of crazy. Man, I'm good. Retired numbers for the Texas Rangers. Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez, number seven. Uh, he became the third Ranger to have his uniform retired by Texas in a ceremony prior to the club's game against the Houston Astros on August 12, 2017. Mm. It doesn't say this, but I'm assuming we lost that game. <laughs> Next up, Michael Young, number 10. Oh. Definite staple of my youth. Um, I think I had a Michael Young shirt. I think everybody did. He was, I mean, he was it. And when A-Rod came to town, they became BFF, and he moved over to the third base very selflessly. Yeah. Michael Young. Uh, number three, Johnny Oates, number 26. Number four, Adrian Beltre, number 29. Is, yeah. So you witnessed that. Yeah. Nolan Ryan, number 34, and Jackie Robinson, number 42. Mm-hmm. Pretty I good. Love it. 
pretty good. Yeah, we were walk- we were watching him get inducted as we were trying to find our seats, and then we noticed that people were sitting in our seats, and so that was a whole ordeal. Like it was like literally six people, or I guess five in our seats, and that's always an awkward thing, like being like, "Hey, you're <laughs> you're not sitting here. Is, is there a mistake?" Or you lost? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, are you lost? Um. Yeah. I'm not lost. I, like, I have it here on my phone. I'm like just trying to be nice about it. Were you? Did you have really nice seats? Was it a it capacity or something? Uh, it wasn't like incredible, but it wasn't in the nodes. You know, we weren't getting frostbite or anything. Man, uh, I messed up this weekend. We both did because the real tickets were Friday night at Toyota Music yeah. Pavilion uh, with Andrew Schultz. Mm. I uh, that's the thing about Rogan now that really makes this feel like a small world and kind of exciting is that if you see somebody on Rogan, they're doing the Texas arm of their tour. So should have known that if he's on Rogan Wednesday, Thursday, he's going to be performing in Dallas on Friday. Yeah. He was in Houston last night. I think he's going on to Tucson after that, but boy, old Andrew Schultz is making that Ticketmaster money now. Oh yeah. It was, uh, I, I think only the front section was available. They had like second row seats and I was like, Oh goodness. But hundreds of dollars a pop mm-hmm. plus like $70 worth of handling fees and taxes per Jeez. But it's exciting to see all the, the comedic talent and stuff kind of doing the whole Dallas Houston Austin situation. Yeah. And Rogan's opening that comedy club. I cannot wait to go when down there. It open? I don't know, but, um, he sounds like he's going to really be the next Mitzi Shore. Okay. Like, except probably more, more instrumental in some people's careers. Yeah. I'm assuming. Cause he's a one stop like golden ticket. He's a one stop shop accelerator. Yeah. You know, he's got the largest podcast in the world and he and Schultz talked about the Spotify transition. Schultz put it so perfectly. I love his take on media and basically everything. Cause he's about six years, my senior mm-hmm. and just has like this unique perspective that I identify with in a lot of respects. Um, he was talking about, he was like Spotify made the absolute right play with you guys because, you know, they were talking about Dan Carlin's hardcore history and other podcasts that they really like to listen to. And mm-hmm. Schultz was saying, well, now whenever I want to go watch you, I pull up Spotify. And the other day I was thinking about a podcast that somebody recommend. So what do I do? Pulled up my phone, green Spotify app is right there. That's my location for podcasts hmm. now. You've transitioned that psychology in our minds where we yeah. don't go to Apple Podcasts anymore. Yeah. And I've seen it with our show. We used to have 88% of traffic come through Apple. It's maybe 60% now. Hmm. That's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, cuz I mean, I'm on the other, you know, I listen to the other Joe. And so uh still uh not as much anymore. I probably listen to every like one out of every like three, four episodes. Um, but I do, I do listen to Rory and Maul's podcast cause they have their own now. And so I've been listening to that, but how's that going? I, I enjoy it a lot. Who, who are their sponsors thus far? Uh, they don't have any at the moment, but they actually have like a lot of music people. Like they just shot a video and a podcast with belly. Mm-hmm. You listen to some of his music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, it seems like every other episode they have like some musical artist that they're talking to, and I'm I'm actually like really really enjoying their content. Right on. Yeah, man. But I I get what you're saying because I never 
used Apple Podcasts until Spotify. Switch. Yeah. Spotify Podcasts. Well, I'm saying I never used Apple until Joe switched over to Apple. Joe oh, Budden. You've been on this train is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to hear like other mainstream people in, in the public eye say, dude, we've all transitioned to ingestion mm-hmm. via Spotify, hmm. you know? Yeah. And that it was such a, a positive thing for Spotify and how it didn't hurt Joe. You know, it, it, you know, he was the number one podcast. He remains that way. And to hear him talk about, he had a, a, a podcast with Giannis Pappas recently where he really breaks down the vision of what he wants to see happen in Austin. Yeah. And it's that this comedy club is the best place in the world to work. Everyone is just taken care of. He said from the doorman to the bartender, to the bar back, to the hostess, to the comedian, to the booker, you know, everyone's going to be well-paid. He wants to, he wants to become like the screen actors guild award Mm. or or not screen actors guild award that like he wants to become sag for comedians. Yeah. I think Joe is going to start offering health benefits to comedians on his roster. So he's going to provide health insurance for everyone at the club, at least that works there full time. Mm -hmm. They're going to be well paid, well taken care of. He's building it out in a way that it's going to be super comedian friendly. Like he basically wants to create the comedy store on crack. But on top of all of that, Mitzi was never a comedian. Joe is. Mm -hmm. Joe's going to own the comedy club. And then, you know, 10 minutes away, he's going to have the world's number one podcast with distribution that we've never seen before. Yeah. So he is a one-stop shop accelerator where he puts you on a Spotify show. He puts you in the you know comedic lineup with all the other heavy hitters uh, in Austin where everyone is flocking. Like he is like the Y Combinator for comedians. Comedy, yeah. That's that's insane. His goal is to break even. He he says this comedy club should never turn a profit. Everything will be reinvested, redistributed. Like I just want to break even and provide just a, a BA place for my friends and peers and people mm-hmm. to come and work on their craft and killer lineups right here in Austin. You think he'll hold true to that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, do you know the sheer number of comedians that have reload there? True. I'm talking like, well, everybody that's on the show is there. People are there part-time mm-hmm. now, regardless, like Tom and Christina moved. Yes. Tom Segura, Christina Pajitsky just moved to Austin. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about the first couple of comedy. You're talking about the number one comedian. You know, now your mom's house is going to take place out of Austin. Yeah. Think about that's a that's a podcast studio conglomerate. They've got, you know, Dr. Drew After Dark. They've got mm-hmm. the Honey Badger with that Ryan Sickler guy. Yep. They've got Tom Talks. Have you seen that Tom has gone like, mainstream real conversations no the dude is such a genius like he is currently doing paid netflix spanish specials paid netflix english specials he's doing podcasts in english and spanish tom segura tom segura um he's on your mom's house he's on two bears one cave Mm -hmm. he's got all of the ones that they run through your mom's house podcast studios and he's got tom talks now so instead of TED Talks, it's, it's Tom, Tom Talks, Talks, and he has real conversations with, like, real movers and shakers of society. Wow. 
and they're they're syndicating all of this in different video playlists off the main YMH uh, YouTube page. Yeah. So he's building this link strategy genius and signing people to his own label essentially and meanwhile touring running the sickest merch like he's always been known for being the most innovative merch Mm -hmm. salesman in the game yeah he's getting it you know that he's um that's impressive he's peruvian i had no idea He's not like, a, I mean, he's Anglo, but he's not like a white guy from America. Like he, he speaks fluent Spanish and his mother is. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. We're still talking about Tom. Who'd you think I was talking about? Uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. I was like, uh. No, Joe's Italian yeah, no, I, from I Boston. Know, I know Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't think I was talking about Joe doing Spanish speaking specials. No, no, no. no. Okay. But okay. then I thought, so are you saying that Tom is the one that's building? Yes. All this? Okay. I thought we flipped back to Joe. No, 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 no. I've been talking about Tom this whole time. Wow. Your mom's house yeah. podcast studio syndicates yeah, yeah. all these different I thought different you were shows. saying that he's basically signed to Joe's Not at all. Label. Okay. Not at all. I, I think he's he's like a future Joe. Wow. Except different. He's, he's diversifying. Joe's all in on his own thing. Yeah. But Tom really sees the business implications of all of this. You know, in terms of merch through his own site, yeah. um, the way that he spins up new podcasts, they they have different studios and bays that they record in mm-hmm. at YMH. Like, wow, it's a whole synergistic machine. Okay, I respect that. I love Tom. I love Tom too. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. My favorite is watching the clips of him and Christina whenever they compile the TikToks for their guests. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Burr, like, nope. I know what happens on this show. <laughs> All the great pain videos. Yeah. So just three days of instruction. Um, three days of instruction, and we're about to enter our first full week. Talk to me about your sports coaching commitments for the year and what those seasons look like. Um, so I've already had students ask if I would help uh, – be the assistant coach again for basketball because you know I kind of stepped down for that uh whenever my dad had gotten sick and everything um and then uh, toward the end of the year whenever I could have joined back um at that point I had missed so much of the season it just didn't feel right like all of a sudden showing up and being like and start telling a kid what they should or shouldn't be doing um and so now that it's the beginning of the year again, I feel like I could step back into that role. And so we typically have basketball games like on Tuesday, Thursday nights. Um, I tend to go in, uh, or at least whenever I was assistant, assistant coaching, I'd go in on the practices. Uh, they practice like Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, and yeah, so if I do decide to do that, that's kind of what we'd be looking at, but um, I know whenever I was assistant coaching, you and I were kind of flexible and would find time to record still. Yeah, man. Whether it's the weekly, biweekly, or monthly catch-up <laughs> podcast. Uh, but congrats to us. It's been seven complete days since our last show. So we are wow. We are back on track. And uh, I like, you know how when you would come over on Wednesdays and it'd be like, I'm still on a call and... Mm-hmm. um you'd be here sometimes an hour or two before we'd get going. And now yeah. that we're on the weekends, like, mm-hmm. you know, you walk in, Mike's already hooked up. We kind yeah. of go directly into it. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, I'm not itching to go 
uh, like start recording as soon as I get here. Like it, it does feel a little bit more laxed and yeah, we don't have as much of a time crunch, which is nice. Want to hear about that week? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. And there, there could be an opportunity for us to be recording uh, elsewhere in about a month. About a month. If you were to want to come. Well, you know, I'm to going me. to, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I've got to, I've got to return the favor at least a time or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's looking like it'll be done by the end of next month. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. They, they just put in the sinks and uh, several of the cabinets and um, it's looking good. Looking good, man. I, I cannot wait. So we're thinking probably by episode like 85. Yeah, maybe somewhere around there. Do the final 15 in Cleburne. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uh, I can't wait to do the first show there. Yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think about close friends that have purchased homes. Like I've been to Jake's home. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake's had, he's in his second home now that they custom built similar to you. Um, John and Sarah, it looks like, are purchasing a beautiful home. Hey, congrats. Um, fingers crossed for them. Um, hoping to make it over there if they get into that one that they have their eyes on. Uh, I got to see John and Jeff this week, actually. Oh, yeah? How are they doing? Kind of a rare occurrence. They were, uh, Jeff was a bachelor for the week. I guess Lizard and the, the kid went somewhere. I can't remember where, but mm-hmm. um, he's such a good dad that, like, you know, he doesn't want to take time away from his family. Yeah. And so the fact that they were like gone and he had no choice, he was just like, let's get together, guys. Let's go. <laughs> I miss you guys. Yeah. So we um, I had drinks with my CEO on Wednesday sometime. Yeah, we had I had after hours things all week, but had cool drinks with my CEO. I hadn't seen him since probably May. Uh, he'd been holed up in Boulder, Colorado all summer in a rented home near his kids, kind of doing remote work from anywhere stuff and mm-hmm. getting out into the mountains and whatnot. So he's back in Dallas now and it was good to see him kind of catch back up. Uh, I've since started reporting to our chief revenue officer out of uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. So I've had less involvement with him and it was great to, it's just crazy to see the evolution of like reporting structures and personalities and yeah. who you're tight with, who you work a lot with, because it's never going to be the same in a startup scenario. Right. It's like, if this week sucks, you need to kind of enjoy it in a weird way because next week you won't have access to this time again. Like there are times that I worked with the CEO or maybe he wanted me to work with him on certain things where I'm like, man, that was, I don't get to work with him as closely anymore, right. you know? So it's, I think that treasuring each moment is is pretty necessary and enjoying the journey. And thankfully I have enough frame of reference to be doing that in this situation, but it was great to kind of, just talk with him and you know yeah. compare how you feeling about the vision the strategy all of that so saw him uh went out in addison for dinner and drinks with john and jeff on thursday mm-hmm. and it was i don't know if it was john's first day or first week going back into the office but you know he left expedia a while back right. for uh hilton so he's now going into the hilton offices in addison and um that's an interesting thing with Delta variant. We'll get into all that. I'm but sure. um, I hadn't seen him probably since his honeymoon back in the day. Okay. Um, back in May or something. Right. So um, great to catch up with them. Jeff wants to start doing annual guys trip and 
stuff like that. Wants to golf more. Oh. Um, so yeah, it was just good to see them and, and get caught up and yeah, that's awesome. Forget how we got on that. Uh, houses, houses. So John showed me a picture of one that I don't think they have it under contract, but something's happening there. And mm-hmm. I was like, who do you think you are? Gatsby? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, out in Colleyville. Wow. Which I refer to as the Highland Park of the mid cities. Oh yeah. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, I, I went out to Sky Creek ranch to play golf with my buddy, David. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to drive through Colleyville where he lives. David lives in Colleyville and, it's like, man, this is bougie out here. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. But it was so funny. Midway through the week, I get a text message from David, and he's like, dude, I never paid you for that round. And I was like, oh, man, did you listen to the podcast? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, no. You just realized, like, he just came to it, like, organically. Like, I never paid Carson for that uh-huh. round. And I was like, all right, well, I don't quite remember, but I might have called you out for that in episode 78. I was like, I'm also pretty proud of 78, so go give it a listen. <laughs> so I said, just give me next time. He's yeah. like, all right. So that's funny. Yeah, people loved having Peter on. Yeah, I agree. So much good insight last week. I wholeheartedly agree. They they were great. I told Peter to hit us up whenever he's in town and mm-hmm. teach me a thing or two on the golf course. And he said, I'm not teaching you anything. I'll <laughs> I can't keep it on the course. And I yeah. said, Perfect. <laughs> hit us up when you're in yeah. town and we'll lighten your wallet a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he was saying he wanted to go and I was like, Hey, as long as as long as y'all are there for a good time, uh, I'll be good. That definitely boosted uh listenership, I feel like. And I saw like Brian White's tweet about Oh yeah. Shout out to Brian. He start he was messaging me. Yeah. He's like yeah, I'm going to start from the beginning. And I'm like, uh, like maybe start in like the, the twenties or like that. But, but he, then, you know, he, we're talking about how there's value in seeing like how far the podcast has come and everything. Um, but I was like, yeah, we don't get a theme song until like episode 15 or something like that. Um, it's crazy how you, you do something one week, you know, we have the theme song one week and then it's like, that's the way it's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't think about the evolution yeah. as much, but I think, I do think about this sometimes that I'm grateful the Saturday morning that we recorded the first 67 minutes of this show and mm-hmm. a MacBook with no microphones. And we're like, who are you? We yeah. went to Swahoo and <laughs> what's your goals and yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of oh. this and it's just taken a life of its own, but I'm glad that that was September of 2019. Yeah. Life was about to get all AFU as somebody would, as people would say, and to be able to bear witness and, and document like all of the changes in the world and our, our lives, Mm -hmm. especially in your life. Like I'm glad that we did that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we did. And I don't know, like, it, it'll be interesting, like I've thought in the past, to go back at age 50. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's all about the gap in the game. This is something that my parents try to teach me with their strategic coach stuff. Like sometimes they've been concerned that I'm too focused on the gap instead mm-hmm. of the game. So mm-hmm. the gap from where I am today to where I want to be. Yeah. But where was I last week? Where was I the week prior? You know, you have to look at your gains and measure you know, goal attainment that way as well. So that you don't just beat up on yourself all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Shifting gears a bit. Let's talk about the gap in the gain with this old Delta 
Delta variant, Lambda variant going on. Sure. You talk about a, a gap and a gain over the last week. You know, I was kind of sharing my thoughts on how this might be more serious than people are giving it credit for last week. And mm-hmm. we were talking about the merits of uh, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott having done executive orders to uh, forbid the mandating of mask wearing yeah. at any local municipal level, uh, county level. And boy, were we wrong about, we didn't need to conjecture about that, whether it was right or wrong or what mm-hmm. we were going to do. Cause good old emperor Jenkins, um, mandatory masks for all schools, places oh, of business. Um, basically everywhere you have to wear a mask indoors again in yeah. Dallas proper. And it looks like it's probably the same in Austin might have done that. I know Austin schools. Yeah. I think Houston schools, Dallas schools, like all and the big blue counties. I'm I'm sure we'll get back to it eventually. I just ordered uh um Under Armour came out with uh their their 2.0 mask. Like it's an updated version. It's 40% lighter than the first batch that they came out with. I ordered 3 of those. I'm assuming that I'll be needing them soon. Man, I thought that I had ordered my last masks whenever I don't know. I have like one old uh, reusable one, like mm-hmm. the paper one or whatever, in my car. Yeah. But I don't even know where my other ones are. I should probably go on Amazon and yeah. I don't know, dude. Yeah. What I've heard is that hospitalizations and ICU. Um, those those beds are uh, taken. Yeah, there's like not any left really yeah. at this point in most of the most populated counties and um. I, I was talking to our president at Appreciate, whose brother is actually a doctor, I believe, in New York. Yeah. Um. You know where. You know the the it was ground zero of COVID back in the day. Um. We we need to talk about updates in New York this week too. Goodness. <laughs> um. Good thing this is weekly. So. Basically, he was saying that he thinks Delta will make COVID look like nothing you know like he said that delta he thinks is going to kill a lot more people hospitalize a lot more people and Mm -hmm. it's going to be a it's going to be a mess he said yeah lockdowns that that's his perspective and frankly after everything we've seen over the last year and a half uh you know he's been right about a lot of things yeah so i know that we have the highest hospitalization levels since like february Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Um, numbers are going back up. You still got a lot of people that don't take it very seriously. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, you know, I, I'm masking up even though we don't, we're not forced to. Um, but I'm assuming that'll, that'll change here shortly. Uh, it's not mandatory masks at your school. No. And like, Dude, if you look, if you just take a peek down those hallways and how congested they get and everything, it's just, I'm not the one making the rules. And you just see a lot of the students and everything without masks. Uh, it's a little concerning to me, but. You seem concerned. You seem like were the rules up to you that everybody would probably be wearing a mask. Man, well, it's not even just the mask, but we, we've gone back to where, um, like the biggest class that I have last year, I taught them in the library and all the desks were spaced out, but now they've made the library a technology room and moved out all the books. And 
So now all those kids are in my room, which is much smaller, and we've pushed in all the desks together, so we're really not distancing anymore. And um, yeah, I I don't know. It's the other we concerning. Saw how, we saw how it went down last year. Like the world saw how it went down last year, and numbers are raising back up, but people just don't seem to be as concerned. What I've heard is that uh, this this new variant, this new wave of Delta, actually kills kids. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I gotta think that the minute that any disease starts killing, let's be honest here, the minute the suburban kids start dying, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. You know, like that would be crazy. And I'm hearing that high schoolers, you know college kids um and if you're an obese kid you know you're mm-hmm. you're at risk at the moment yeah and also just with with schools being back full-time in session you're talking about just like community spread where you know the the contact tracing in that kind of situation where you know it's, it's the amount of the amount of contact they have with other people every day is crazy just being at their lockers and then whenever sports start back up like if one school has it then they play sports against another school then they get it and like uh i don't it just seems like schools are a uh, breeding ground for it you know it, well and where does every student go home to at night they're home populated with parents and siblings yeah. and aunts and uncles and yeah. you talk about community spread Whenever they're reporting on, you know, there was a potential, you know, COVID case or Delta variant case affiliated with the school, that could just mean that like a parent at home, you know, somebody, he was exposed, he or she was exposed at work. They come home to their kid, then the kid goes to school the next day, and then he gets the call. Hey, your boss that you had lunch with all day yesterday, you know, is is positive and in the hospital or whatever. And then they have to notify the school. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, why? I mean, we were talking about the and Peter uh, and his voice memo last week brought up like the mental toll that it it takes, and I got to tell you, it's exhausting. Uh, just trying to do your best to you know keep all your kids safe, your whether it's patients or in my case students, and um, but in my case, like we don't really have any rules to follow we're just acting like it doesn't really exist at the moment um we've said that if anybody decides to wear masks you know that that's awesome and that's that's their choice we're not gonna say anything like oh i can't believe you're wearing a mask or anything like that and um everything but it's not like we're, we're not enforcing it so i don't know well it's not like you have the credibility of Peter as a doctor to tell somebody mm-hmm. to do something medically. You're the teacher. Yeah. And I got to think about 10 year old me, 15 year old me. I mean, I was never oh, yeah. going to die. Nothing could kill me. I could go 90 and a 40 and I was never going to die. And yeah. so, you know, you're going to deal with that mental, emotional turmoil as well, because I imagine at times, especially when this becomes mandatory, inevitably, you will serve the role as enforcer and, you know, it's going to be a drag sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did all of last year, and it, it was fine for the most part. But it, it's easier whenever you have, like, your school backing you. You know, like, these are the rules. This is how we're going to do it. 
So the order came out for Dallas on Wednesday, and I was just like, oh, man, this is uh, – I'd been hearing the rumblings of, you know, Austin pushing back on the governor's order and eventually seeing that Clay Jenkins had convinced a state judge to allow him to directly, you know, defy the orders of the governor uh, that were handed down in that executive order. And, you know, that was held up, and I believe that Governor Abbott then made an appeal – to undo this and was unsuccessful in that pursuit. Yeah. So it looks like the big blue counties in Texas are going to remain, you know, whatever. It was funny uh, that happened on Wednesday. I had that CEO happy hour Wednesday evening mm-hmm. at the bar next door to our office, which is also owned and operated by the people that own our office in that hospitality situation. And the, the GM of that happened to stop by, you know, us sitting at the bar because, you know, there are office landlords. They see us all the time. They mm-hmm. see us at the watering hole. And they were introducing somebody, and we were just talking about Delta. And uh, so Taryn, the uh, the manager of all of this, she's like the president of this company, she was saying it's actually so much easier for us in the hospitality area to have mandatory masks because then it's out of our hands. Like yeah. patrons that are uncomfortable with those that are unmasked, you know, we can't tell them anything if they're unmasked, if, you know, the CDC and local guidance isn't telling us that we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to turn away that business. And we're not going to put some edict out that they have to wear masks anyway. Yeah. So when it's out of our hands and we can just kind of be like, oh, yeah, doesn't this suck? Like, mm-hmm. but whatever. We have to. We're in the same yeah. boat as you. We're just enforcing it. Yeah, I agree with that. But the, the, the declaration or whatever took place took effect at 11 59 p.m and so thursday i did not go to the office mm-hmm. um and they they did say you're gonna have to wear your mask whenever you're not in your pod or your dedicated yeah. space we're so sorry about this but like let's have a collaborative environment uh-huh. blah 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 they sent an, an email out to the community yeah but i thought that was interesting from the hospitality perspective that hey mandatory masks are actually easier for us just from an emotional management perspective yeah it is so maybe for you it'll be the same i don't know yeah maybe but we just got to see what happens with this because i don't know what the mortality rate with delta or lambda is going to be and i just think that again especially our east coast west coast markets that are up there in the north as it gets a little bit cooler Mm -hmm. as the days get shorter we could be screwed on this again yeah and then selfishly like i'm looking at you know i'm getting married at the beginning of next year is this going to affect that and i think you're going to be fine yeah but i hate i think that the the weddings that i'm attending here in q3 and q4 are gonna go on i hate that i know there's got to be at least a handful from each of those respective weddings that won't actually be there because they'll either be concerned they'll either be in lockdown or Worse yet, they might be hospitalized or deceased or, yeah. you know, any variety of things. Yeah. So, I digress. Let's let's keep it positive. <laughs> you remember when the NBA canceled right before episode like number twenty or whatever, mm-hmm. and our minds were literally blown. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. It's amazing how like nothing really shocks you anymore. After Trump was president, we shut down the world due to COVID. Yeah. You know, what do you even believe anymore? What? Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing I won't believe. Yeah, you know, it, it, in some at, ways. At, at this point, we're just like, okay, 
and just keep it pushing as best we can. Like, I I got an email. I tweeted this out. I think I storied it over the weekend, but I got an email from my apartment complex. Like all of the signs went back up. Hey, visitors and vendors, wear your mask in the common areas. And I was like, oh. Um, and then we got an email specifically about our safety and not letting people into the building as protests occurred all weekend and next week around us. Yeah. <laughs> so we literally got three different protests within a two block radius of, of my place. The first one is Cuba intervention. Mm-hmm. Okay. For all the stuff happening in Cuba. Okay. The second one is animal abuse. They're marching for animal abuse. And the third is an anti-mask protest that they're marching for life's become too easy i know that it's super hard right now with covid Mm -hmm. and delta and all of this stuff but life has become too easy across the board expand on that i can uber eats i I can do i can stay alive from my apartment digitally without ever leaving i can go puff doritos i can uber eats entire meals Mm -hmm. i can task rabbit odd ends and chores and grocery and I can send everything out. They'll take the trash from my front door. Mm -hmm. Amazon will send me all of my vitamins. They can now deliver my prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Um, It all comes out of the big giant magic tube. I call my doctor. I know to press three, two, zero. I know to leave a voicemail for Chris with my DOB and my normal Walgreens. I call over to the Walgreens a day later. I go through their automated prompt system. Yes, your order's ready for pickup. Never interact with a human until it's time to transact. Mm -hmm. Like, it's too easy. It's too easy. And one of the things that Joe Rogan and Andrew Schultz highlighted, just to tie this all off, Mm -hmm. man, this is going to be beautiful. One of, they were talking about a conversation with Douglas Murray, um, some sort of English... I don't remember if doctor of something psychology, whatever okay. he is. Um, that's probably not what he is at all. Hmm. He talks about how at the end of every great civilization, they argue about gender at the end of every documented civilization, whether it was like the Roman empire or mm-hmm. whatever it is, life can get so opulent and you know, the, the top dog tribe, you know, of humanity is so taken care of that, gender roles become a a big contentious point and you know there's so much crossover because there's so much optionality if Mm -hmm. we were in a nomadic warring tribe of 150 gender would play a huge role we'd be reliant on women to take care of us in all these different ways and to procreate we need to grow the tribe because every hunt you and i went out on we'd lose a man or two or a tribe could come wipe us out and decimate us you know, the, in the same podcast, they're talking about Genghis Khan and actually a, a five-part series by Dan Carlin's Hardcore History that I'm going to go listen to this week on the the wrath and rise of the Mongolians and the Genghis Khan empire because he killed 10% of the world's population. Yeah. He was the real COVID. Like, he killed 50 million out of 500 million existing humans in the world. He lowered the carbon footprint of humanity mm-hmm. and there was one point where these conquistadors were like over in modern day mongolia or no i'm sorry it was a, a place in china uh Zhen china or something like that that they saw in the distance these snow-capped mountains and upon arriving at said snow-capped mountains they realized 
it was a pile of human bones of 1.7 million humans. They'd literally gone into a a village or like a a city or whatever it was. Like, I don't even know the math of how you kill Mm -hmm. 1.7 million people. But, you know, they wanted to uh, literally 1.7 million people were beheaded and their bones were piled into a a mountain Mm -hmm. that looked like a snow-capped mountain from the distance. That's insane. How did we get on on that part? Oh, Uh, gender. Life is easy. Gender. And so in the day and age of Uber Eats where you and I don't need to procreate for the world to continue on. You don't need, you don't need to find a Courtney because you know, you need to propagate the species. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even have a Courtney, you know, and and I'm not concerned about it. Whereas I would have already been at my life expectancy. Had this been a couple hundred years ago, Mm -hmm. I would have been an old man, but life expectancy has typically never been higher. It's never been easier. There's never been, more of a global safety net where I can decide, hey, you know what? Today I'm a kangaroo or I'm a woman or I don't want to work today. You know, the Green New Deal will guarantee income for anybody that needs it, whether they want to work or not. It's never been easier. And so men can be stay-at-home dads now. Mm-hmm. Women can go be lawyers and doctors and whatever the heck they want to be. And women have their own money. You know, women used to be reliant on men for protection and uh sustenance you know like the Mm -hmm. men would go get the elk and bring it back and the women would skin it and prepare it now in a society where women can lead the hunt and men can stay home and you don't even need to be on the hunt in the first place (laughs) you know we're all like well what are we you know we struggle with purpose when there's not struggle yeah i don't know i i think i think it all boils back down to that we're kind of meant in terms of our tribalism and, and just some of our hardcore DNA coding, maybe not meant, maybe meant is the wrong word, but we're predisposed to really thrive in packs of about 150 where we have purpose, clear identity and a clear contributing factor to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and with social media, with 8 billion of us and just you know, the ease of life, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I thought that was interesting that he traced that to other civilizations and the end of them where gender had become such a huge role of the narrative. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that potentially the easiness of life right now could be our downfall. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of what I'm saying in a certain way. And I'm also concerned about all of the symptoms that you've seen towards the end of other documented civilizations and what we're currently seeing in the American democracy, Mm -hmm. because I think that they've never been able to trace like a self self government or this type of great situation more than like 300 years. Right. You know, especially in modern, modern times, Mm -hmm. like we've had a great run my hope is that my potential children and your definite children will uh, <laughs> will uh, be able to experience situations as we've known them aspirationally. But we could be at the end of uh, America as a first world in some ways. Mm. That was another interesting point from this podcast. This is basically just a reflection on <laughs> JRE episode 1580 or whatever. Um, talking about 
how your geographic location determined whether you were first world or not. Like they were talking about Afghanistan because in the last week, Afghanistan like toppled the Taliban are back in control or whatever mm-hmm. of these key markets right after we, right after we leave. Yeah. Interestingly enough. And how Afghanistan is just landlocked with all, like if you weren't, Andrew Schultz made this point. If you weren't separated from Genghis Khan by a body of water, you were done. Dead. Like yeah. if you were next door and landlocked, he's coming for you. Yeah. Like it was not a good situation. So isn't it interesting that inevitably the UK and America become like these foremost global superpowers. Mm-hmm. Look at all the water yeah, that separates right. us, you know, like kept them safe. Uh, England is an island, you know, yeah. like with bluffs and the bluffs of Dover. Like you could see the enemy for miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that that was interesting. Yeah, definitely. All right, I feel like I'm dominating this conversation. <laughs> I mean, like I don't I don't know what you want me to add to it. I I didn't listen to it, but I mean it sounds interesting. I'd... Just a lot going on in the world. You've been doing a good job of yeah. like sheltering yourself from the the bad media. Tell me about Dave. Dave is incredible, man. Tell me about Dave. It started off slow, but that ending was awesome. Okay. I'm not for gonna those... run it for you. For those who don't know, Lil Dicky's series on FX yeah. season two just had its finale, yes. and our top listener Michael Denny, um, and you were in a group chat with me this mm-hmm. week, and I had not yeah. caught up on it. But we, we moved the conversation to just me and him. We we were still talking. <laughs> All right, guys, you got to watch it, man, because we wanted we wanted to talk about the ending. So I heard that it was a, a dark season that mm-hmm. the finale rescues it somehow. Or um, makes I'm not going to give any. I'm not going to give anything away. I I think there's still if there's to be a season three, there's still going to be stuff that the main character has to work through. Um, but yeah, it was great storytelling, great writing, high level philosophical. I watched the first episode or two, and I just found him to be insufferable. Yeah, that's the whole season. What is the point of the character that we're driving home to? Like, so in your mind. Every episode is basically him underappreciating or um, not treating it like it just highlights the way that he kind of takes advantage of or he just expects everybody to wait on him hand and feet whenever they have their own stuff going on. Like his manager wants to start managing, you know, other uh, other people and his ex-girlfriend is kind of like moving on in her life, his hype man is also a rapper and wants to data. Uh-huh. And you know, and this very um closely follows Dave's actual life. Like, you know, Gata is his real life hype man and best friend and um and he also is pursuing like a rap career in real life. And so this season deals a lot with Dave having writer's block and you know trying to Bruce you know come up with an album um and making it great and he's inside his head like people are expecting so much to me like you know i want this to be the greatest thing ever it can't it can't flop and uh, so he has those pressures and he's kind of projecting that onto the closest people around him and um it's him kind of recognizing that toward the end but you know there's still there's still some things up in the air but yeah if you're if you're a fan of that then <laughs> of that type of situation. If you're like, a fan of meandering journeys of character development, yeah. uh, I'll have to 
I'll watch it all now that it's all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and excited to do so. I, I thought season one had some hilarious moments, some moving moments, but I can't, I just can't put my finger on, are you self-reflecting on the little Dicky of four and five years ago? Like this is mm-hmm. part of your journey and you're telling it to us a couple of years subsequent, um, you know, yeah. about your growth or where is this? What's the point? Uh, well, I think it's still stuff that he's, he's trying to, uh, trying to get through as a person in real life. There's so many new media lenses where it's like, Mm -hmm. we were talking about fiction versus nonfiction earlier and shows like Dave, it's like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's definitely weird. And it it gets weirder as the season goes on too. There's some, like you just have to watch it. I don't want to spoil anything, but whenever you do watch it, then, then we can have a more, more of a conversation on it. But this will maybe give the listener if, if they want to look into it, maybe that'll give them a chance to as well before we dive deeper into. Remind me to tell you what I've been watching on Netflix or what I what I watched okay. um, and haven't mentioned on the show yet. First of all, do you think that when Inside by Bo Burnham came out, that Lil Dicky at all was like shots fired? You know, like, because... How? The Funny Man song... Um, you know, Lil Dicky's like, is he a comedian or is he a mm-hmm. rapper? Well, Bo Burnham's all of that, mm-hmm. you know. So, was that as evident prior to Inside? Is a question of mine, and I don't even think that's on his radar, to be honest. I don't no? know, maybe. I, I think you're underselling Bo because his musical range. I mean, I think they should collab. Oh, sure, but but you're saying, do I think that was shots fired? For Lil Dicky, like I'm saying, I don't even think it was on Lil Dicky's radar. Bro, anytime that you're like a startup in a certain space that you're viewing yourself in, or we're going after this market, and then you read about somebody else that just got a $175 million Series E fundraising round, like you feel like crap. Like whether it's right or wrong, or maybe it's just a good signal. Oh, Mm -hmm. people are interested in the space. Great. There's room for all of us. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing basic human nature. If I saw that, I'd be like, I have to bring it. Like, save that money was years ago. Like, look mm-hmm. at what Bo just did in a vacuum. Yeah, if you watch more of the TV show, he kind of has scenes where he's wrapping new material and stuff. I think he'll, just from watching that, I think he'll be just fine. He, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, well, time to catch up on Dave. Right. Been catching, I've watched Inside probably three times. Yeah. Um, Because it's just so legendary. So Netflix, new. This was in the trending top ten. Did you watch Cocaine Cowboys yet? Not yet. That's on my. It's on my list. It's good. Oh my goodness. So yeah, it's really good. And I didn't even know that this sport existed, but I wanted to see if uh, if Michael actually was up on this because he's such a huge F one fan. Picture F one with speedboats. Oh wow. Okay. Like. The cocaine cowboys used all of the cocaine money mm-hmm. that they made in Miami back in the 70s to form like the number one speedboat racing squad, the Seahawks squad. And they had like, they were like the Mercedes of F1 yeah. for the speedboat competition, which was on, I think the case was busted at some point because somebody recognized one of the culprits or perps 
on ESPN as having won the world championship oh, wow. for the speedboat. So go watch Cocaine Cowboys. It's like a live documentary series about, you know, two of the foremost stereotypical cocaine cowboys back in the seventies, mm eighties, -hmm. nineties, Miami, and how they use their, their proceeds to fund their lifestyles. This, you know, That's inner, cool. inner continental network that, spanned the globe and also be like the world champion back-to-back -back defending speedboat racers of mm -hmm. the year in okay. these boats that were like i mean they i don't even know how fast they were going you got to go watch this okay. it was fascinating yeah i'm on it i'll watch that by next next episode um i heard that your ethereum was doing well this week yeah that was that was in my notes um, why is that why is that? Um, I know that Amazon kind of announced that they are looking into using uh, crypto for purchases. What? Uh huh. Yeah, John actually sent me like an article about it. Hey, John, like, am I not on your distribution <laughs> list? Well, like... he he knows that like him and I are in Ethereum. Like, we both still own a lot of Ethereum. Yeah, I don't um, own any. Yeah, you need to. Yeah. I um, own $5 so of Doge. Do 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 remember Bitcoin. whenever I said I was down like three grand? Yeah. Well, I lied and I was actually down like four grand, but uh, I was just trying to like uh, buffer it a little. But now I am actually up again. Nice. Yeah. So like all time Robin Hood is what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So I, I very much waffled on this this week. Uh, I went back and forth. Uh, Clove. <laughs> uh, go Clove. They came out with an earnings call, an earnings report that was like, I think they beat their earnings significantly, mm -hmm. uh, their forecasts. So JP Morgan in one of our recent episodes had downgraded the stock. And then there were a couple surrounding that earnings beat, which I think they were like 20% or more above the earnings that they'd forecasted. Um, because of that, I think there were a couple big institutional purchases of stock where they mm -hmm. came in and they bought like a bunch because the volume on it really rose this week. But man, that one day that it shot up, <laughs> there was one day that it shot up and then it went back down and then it shot back up again the next day. And I had actually gotten back to break even in Robinhood. Yeah. Um, because of that, I was still down, you know, from my AMC earnings, having dumped it into Clove. Yeah. I was still down from like what I gained but right. in terms of my original principle i was back to break even nice. within the span of a day yeah so i thought about buying more to be honest with you because i really i was looking at wall street bets and twitter and mm -hmm. you know it looked like if clove even goes to 15 dollars, i'm making significant cash yeah. so yeah i don't know was encouraged by that yeah i at this point i think i'm i'm just going to be chilling with ethereum i haven't really been looking into investing in anything else and um yeah i, I thought about taking a few out like a, a maybe a few thousand out of clove and putting it somewhere else but then i was like where would i put it because it's so interesting like as elon looks at bitcoin or tweets about bitcoin or maybe tesla will take bitcoin again if mm -hmm. like the mining becomes more sustainable that price fluctuates yeah. uh, i saw cuban tweet that the Mavs shop was going to have extra special yeah. sales for those paying with Dogecoin. Doge. Yeah. I immediately go over to Robinhood, see that Doge spiked as a result, and then dropped all like 
yeah, it was like tank. a huge drop off after that. Yeah. Um, I, I know Ethereum also upgrade, like they upgraded or updated some of their servers. So, you know, like whenever you sell Ethereum or some other crypto, they call it like gas prices and there's a fee for um, the transaction the, the or whatever. Transaction. Well, I guess technically they're making like more lanes for potential so that brings down the gas prices which makes people want to invest in it more i don't know they're making it easier to trade which in turn has made it more valuable recently interesting yeah it's funny how just the mainstream narrative that you can pretty much get from your twitter explore tab kind of dictates which stocks i go look at and typically mm -hmm. i'm right there was like a big mm -hmm. jump or spike or drop off and it's fun. It's funny how Robinhood actually IPO'd. I really, I regret not having bought in at that $38 price, given the fact yeah. that it went to 67 or mm -hmm. more, like two days later. Yeah. I'm thinking I could have put $20,000 into Robinhood and now had 40. Yeah. You know, that's essentially what I'm thinking. But uh, one of the metrics that they use that are that's fascinating or that people have referred to aside from just their transactions and I mean they do hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue mm -hmm. every quarter as it is um just on trades but time spent on app like nobody's seen this type of consumption since social media came around yeah. like Robin Hood for guys like you and me I don't I deleted Facebook mm -hmm. you know I deactivated my account I don't have it on my mobile I'm on Robin Hood yeah. you know people are on Robin Hood six hours a day right that's crazy. It's crazy that they built such a sticky app that also transacts that type mm -hmm. of direct revenue. Well, yeah. I and mean, also sells the user data. Yeah. I, during like at the beginning of the year, whenever, you know, you had that, the Reddit, Wall Street bets and everything, and you had that craze. I mean, I would just have my phone open and just leave that app on and just kind of see it fluctuate all day. Um, now I, I can go days without looking at it. Um, because I only have Ethereum now. Boy, I, I made the mistake of talking about my clove strategy and stuff at dinner with the boys this week. And <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I think John was probably just more up on the podcast and stuff uh, because, you know, Jeff works for Fisher Investments. Mm -hmm. So Jeff is like basically an emotional relationship manager with some of America's most wealthy people. You know, yeah. he's, got his feet on the desk all day and he's talking to old boys in Palm Springs and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Coral Gables and yeah. <laughs> Tucson and, you know, counseling them on how to, you know, invest their $5 million net worth and all of this stuff. And so I'm over here like, yeah, Clove is blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait, you're in like meme stocks. And I was like, yeah. And I, I <laughs> got more into them because I made a lot of money on meme stocks. Yeah. And he's like, well, that almost sounds like a whole like, GameStop, Wall Street, but like, where are you getting this research? And I was like, no, no, no. It's principally because of that. Like, yeah. when I saw what happened with GameStop and Wall Street bets and Reddit mm -hmm. and all of this, that's why I got in. Yes. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so I've got like my dumb Monopoly Robin Hood money over here that, yeah. yes, I'm being reckless AF with, but over here on the other side, I'm investing in this real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. And Jeff is just like, head in hand, like shaking his hand, head. like, dude, give me the money. I would do so much. I was like, yeah. no, 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 you don't understand. Like I am, I don't care about your 9.7% annual return for this yeah. 
Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm up 30% this year. I'm like, I believe it. I'm trying to do it all, baby. <laughs> and I, We're the same. <laughs> well, it was just funny because I, I genuinely appreciated, like, his, I knew that based on who he is, his classical yeah. training and Fisher Investments background, I'm just saying all the wrong problematic yeah. things to him. I'm like, he's like, this is not a proven yeah. strategy for retirement. I'm like, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. This is, die trying this to is get play this. money, not retirement money. You know, everything is play money. Yes. Everything we're doing is a game. Yeah. This whole, this whole, this whole consciousness thing is a game, buddy. Must be. <laughs> Let's just, yeah. I, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> you mean like... <laughs> Man, if y'all still have not gone to check out, I think you should leave on Netflix. I don't want to be around anymore. You're missing out. Like in the mall or in general, buddy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just don't want to be here anymore. Is it because of the makeup? I don't know. Too <laughs> <laughs> <Do> hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that is so funny oh i could keep going but dude we've been going for hour and 45 we yeah good. we good we, we've listen just like the story of beowulf this episode has it all <laughs> <laughs> we uh we it's went down crushing. we went down avenues we didn't know we'd go but i'm glad that we did and uh hopefully hopefully we provided a little in a entertainment and insight for your week <laughs> <laughs> bro we just uh beowulf was in the first five minutes and that was just a little springboard into paris hilton and kim k and trans people and yeah. jk rowling and yeah delta the state of the world genghis khan yeah and what the what? I, and i i do really think that topic was interesting and i'm sorry i didn't have more to add to it but which one uh whenever you were talking about like the genghis khan stuff but i'm definitely gonna have to go back and listen to their podcast bro i don't have anything to add to it i'm just sharing exactly what i heard on yeah. that show and i haven't even listened to their prescribed show with dan carlin yet mm -hmm. so i'm anxious to send, hear more send about me, that send me that link and maybe we can tweet that out if uh and talk about it next week history was one of my favorite subjects as a kid and as i've as you start as social media mainstream media news media digital keeping up with today's news is so all consuming that nobody looks back mm -hmm. at the gap in the game. We we've forgotten to talk about Andrew Cuomo yeah, that. and his rock and chart show. Mm -hmm. uh, he resigned this week. He did. Boy's gone, man. Week over week. So much happens. So I think there's more merit in time spent getting into the history books mm -hmm. uh, at this point in time, more so than ever. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. If you're also looking for anything else to watch, Hard Knocks is on HBO Max. Uh, this year it's following the Cowboys uh, preseason, and episode one just came out. Episode two will be out on Tuesday. Um, it's definitely gotten me hype for uh, football. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's around the corner, baby. It is. And it will bail out the Rangers, hopefully. Well, if not, you know, it is what it is. All right, Tots and Bots, that's, uh, that's all you're going to get from me, unless B-Rad has more. No, nah, man, I'm good. I, I wish topics. everyone a great week. Stay safe. Yeah, guys, hopefully this, 
I think sometimes this is just like our concerns hour or my concerns hour. Yeah. So sorry about that. But You're good. hope you have an uplifted and wonderful <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of uh, cheerful topics. Keep today. a smile on under those masks, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I can see those cheekbones raise. All right. Let's all get clear masks so we can smile more. <laughs> Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> or get the ones like with the smiles design, yeah. <laughs> designed into it. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's quit prescribing what these folks should do. What episode was this? Seventy nine. Number seventy nine. Man, we'll see you at eighty. Man, we got eighty coming up, bro. Yeah. Like uh, again, we talked about this at the beginning. As an indication of the time spent hanging out, always enjoy it with you. Likewise, my friend. <laughs> I think that caught you off guard a little bit. Kinda. I didn't know where you're going with that. My yeah. little sentiments tickled B Rad. Yeah, that's good, buddy. All right, well, we appreciate y'all. We will catch you up next time. Peace.